Want to learn how to leverage your marketing to get clients on repeat? Charge a fee that leaves you with money in your pocket even after you've finished paying your bills? And finally, stop working with the clients that you've long outgrown? Liberated Business is a transformational program that combines group and one-on-one work so you get the best results possible. This differs from every other program out there because it helps you make money while supporting your joy and liberation throughout your entrepreneurial journey. Liberated Business starts this June and runs through November, and enrollment is open now. Visit thebadtherapist.coach liberatedbusiness to get all of the details and sign up. DM me on Instagram at thebadtherapist with any questions or to learn more. I cannot wait to get started with you. Even if connecting with pleasure may take a little more effort, it is totally worth it because living life on high alert really does take a toll. When we don't cultivate moments of pleasure, we're also losing out on creativity, better problem solving, and health benefits that come from happiness. Ultimately, creativity is the key to making you money. So pleasure, a sense of safety leads to creativity and creativity increases your ability to basically reach all your goals. And if one of your goals is to make more money, then of course, pleasure is going to help you do that. Hey there, and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show, the podcast for current and aspiring private practice therapists who want to earn more money, work less, and have a way bigger impact. I'm your host, Felicia, The Bad Therapist, former goody-goody therapist turned six-figure private practice owner and therapist business coach. I'm here to help you learn everything you need to know about private practice and expanding beyond the one-to-one model so you can earn more money and increase your impact as a therapist without burning out or hustling. Using my proven liberated business method, therapists at all stages of business have been able to grow their income while becoming even better therapists. And I'm on a mission to help you do the same. It's time for you to get your time back and enjoy being a therapist again. You ready? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to The Bad Therapist Show. I'm your host, Felicia. Today, we're talking about why incorporating pleasure into your business is a non-negotiable for growth and success. I'm recording this episode on a day where I don't do client work, and so today has actually been feeling really spacious. I just got back from playing a few games of ping pong with my roommate, which was so much fun. So this feels like a really perfect day to dive into this topic of pleasure and why this is such an important factor for entrepreneurs and therapy business owners to incorporate every single day. I've been so fortunate to have mentors who have really demonstrated and modeled how to incorporate pleasure into business, and I'm really excited to pass this message along to you. I'm also going to share my own examples and some client examples of how incorporating pleasure into life and business has actually helped us make more money. So let's get into it. First of all, pleasure is not frivolous, but it seems like it would be. Like, It's something that would actually get in the way of doing things in our business, like it's somehow outside of the day-to-day operations of our business. When we think about what we want in our businesses, we're often talking about wanting to grow our revenue or have more clients, make more money, like these things that seem like very, very businessy in an obvious way. But when we're wanting those things, I think at the root, what we're actually wanting is a sense of safety. 
On the surface, what we're saying is I want more clients, I want my business to be bringing in more money. But I think the reason why we want that is because we believe that that would make us feel safe. And so when we start pursuing something like pleasure, it can be hard for us to see how that ties back to safety. Because, you know, we're thinking, well, I'd feel safe if I just had a bit more money in my bank account. I'd feel safe if I just had one more client on my caseload. Focusing on pleasure, taking some time off to walk around the block, taking a break to go play ping pong with your friend or roommate, getting outside, uh, splurging on a latte. These things are a little bit harder to equate to growing our businesses. It's harder for us to see how they would have anything to do with moving the ball forward in our business when it comes to getting more clients or making more money. A lot of us also tend to equate safety with staying small, not wanting much, not asking for much. And so we tend to be quite conservative in our desires. And we think the thing that's actually going to make us the most safe is to restrict and constrict, is to want less, do less, be less, uh, constrain ourselves. And this shows up in a lot of ways. It shows up with our money. It shows up with what we ask for, what we ask for from our loved ones, what we ask for from our clients, the kind of frameworks that we set up in our practices, we think that, well, I'll be safe and I'll get what I need if I can just basically want less and ask for less. So seeking pleasure and maybe asking for more, more abundance, more sensation, more joy, more love, more pleasure can feel like a risk. It can feel in many ways actually quite dangerous. And there are some really like normal reasons for this. Uh, One of my favorite researchers and practitioners is psychologist Rick Hansen. He's one of the people to popularize the concept that humans are biologically wired to focus more on the negative than on the positive. And this makes a lot of sense because, you know, historically, and in some cases still, if we fail to notice something dangerous, like really, really dangerous, the stakes are much higher, like we could die potentially. And again, Most of the danger in our lives is not necessarily like you are going to die right now. But uh, even if it's not that, we tend to almost react to it like that on a physiological level. We are, it's just more salient for us when scary, negative, uncomfortable things or dangerous things happen. But if we fail to notice something pleasant, yeah, we miss out on that pleasant experience, but we're not going to die because of it, or at least not like right now. And it literally takes more effort to focus on the good things in our life. Our brains and our minds are just a little bit more sticky for negative experiences than they are positive experience. And so when you're listening to this and I'm I'm here advocating for pleasure, there's a very good chance that you are thinking, you know, there's too much work to do. I don't have the time for that. What if I'm focusing on pleasure and I drop the ball on something else? Or... I should just be happy and grateful for what I have. So I shouldn't actually need more. I shouldn't need to focus on this. I should be happy with my life as it is. And sometimes we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to feel that way and then feel guilty if we even think about wanting something different or wanting more. It might feel weird to focus on our pleasure. I'm thinking about the experience of being socialized female. I'm thinking about my own experience of being raised in the church and how so often with those identities, and I'm sure with others as well, there can be a kind of sense of danger around feeling pleasure. And pleasure is often something that is experienced in the body 
And from the perspective of the patriarchy or white supremacy, certain people experiencing pleasure is actually quite a dangerous and radical idea. If you were socialized as a woman or you were brought up in a religion that was restrictive in some way, then you might feel an extra barrier around feeling pleasure in your body. I know that was definitely something that I was sort of uh, taught not to experience in my body. Another barrier to pleasure can be a sense of it's wasteful, kind of like this puritanical perspective of, you know, life is kind of meant for working, getting things done. uh, And so pleasure is really not necessary. You shouldn't really need it. There's not really much utility in it. It's not productive. And so it's kind of a waste of time to focus on it anyway. Another barrier could be that you simply don't know where to start. Maybe if you're like, okay, I might be down to experience some pleasure or begin to think that that's an important part of my business, but I don't even know where to start. You might feel a little silly. It might feel very intimate to witness yourself in this way. When we are experiencing pleasure, we're paying attention to ourselves or paying attention to our bodies. And there's a kind of intimacy with that, that even though we're just doing it with ourselves, it can actually feel kind of uncomfortable. So point being that there are so many different barriers for us around pleasure And depending on your identity and your background, you may have more than others. So just know that if you're listening to this and you're just like, I don't know, Felicia, this isn't making a lot of sense to me. Why are we even talking about pleasure? What could this possibly have to do with my business or helping me earn more money? Just know that that's a very, very normal reaction. And my invitation to you would just be to stay curious here, to stay open and see what applies to you and leave anything that doesn't work for you. Even if connecting with pleasure may take a little more effort, it is totally worth it because living life on high alert really does take a toll. When we don't cultivate moments of pleasure, we're also losing out on creativity, better problem solving, and health benefits that come from happiness. Ultimately, creativity is the key to making you money. So pleasure, a sense of safety, leads to creativity and creativity increases your ability to basically reach all your goals. And if one of your goals is to make more money, then of course, pleasure is going to help you do that. I talk a lot on this podcast about various ways of engaging with mindset work. And I would say that cultivating pleasure in your daily life would be another aspect of mindset work. Cultivating and creating moments of pleasure for yourself in your day-to-day life, including throughout your workday, can put you in the right frame of mind. And this changes how you show up for every single part of your life in your business. If part of what you need to do today is write some content for your website or social media, if you need to show up for a consultation or intake call, or you need to go out on the internet and talk about a retreat you're launching, having had a moment earlier in the day of intentionally connecting with your body, with your spirit, and creating a moment of joy and pleasure for yourself is going to shift how you show up for each of those moments, and it's going to create better results for you. The fact is running a business is challenging. I like to be careful about saying, talking about how hard it is, because I feel like early on when I was starting my business, I would sometimes see messaging about how hard running a private practice was. And I thought, you know, we're already scared enough to start running private practices, to take the leap out of agency work, to charge charge fees that actually, you know, uh, sustain ourselves. We don't necessarily need more messaging around just how hard and terrible it is to run your own business. I think it is challenging, of course, and there is a lot of risk that you do take on. So 
the reality is though, I don't think it's like so, so, so hard. I do think that it is challenging and it's very spiritually activating. When you are out in the world promoting your business, taking on this risk, uh, kind of saying out loud to the world, hey, I have something to offer. You should pay attention to me. You should hire me. This is going to activate a lot of wounds that you may have. Any wounds you may have are likely to come up in this process. And so because of that, you need a toolkit for soothing yourself and not just soothing yourself so you can kind of get back to a baseline and just keep on working as if our only goal is ever productivity, but so that you can actually just enjoy your life along the way. I mean, I am kind of positing the purpose of this episode is like using pleasure to help you make more money. But like truly what I want for you is to be able to experience pleasure just so you can experience pleasure. You're in this human body on this planet alive right now. You have the ability to experience pleasure in your body, in your life. And though that's going to look really different for every single one of us, we all have different levels of access to resources. I do believe that we have the ability and to an extent, the responsibility of looking for ways to create pleasure in our lives. And so I really want to encourage you to find your own unique ways of doing that that suit you. It doesn't have to look like somebody else's. It gets to look really, really unique for you. I know there's a lot of highly sensitive people out there, maybe folks who consider themselves to be introverted. And maybe you're seeing, you know, examples of people like going to parties and stuff like that. And you're like, that actually wouldn't be fun for me. I would rather curl up on a couch with a book and my cat. And it's like, by all means, please go do that. Find the version of pleasure that is the most meaningful to you. I'm not going to go into a ton of details here, but I do want to say that turning my attention away from sort of limiting myself, which was kind of how I tended to operate for a really long time. And if you're a listener to the podcast, you've definitely heard me talk about this before. And the way that I would function in my life was just to try not to want very much, was to constrict. And I really thought that this would create a level of financial safety and security for me. I thought that was going to be the way to uh, sort of make myself secure on in this world. And what I was finding is that not only was that not really happening, but I also wasn't really enjoying my life as much as I could. I was saying no to a lot of opportunities. And it wasn't just in how I spent my money. I think it was in many ways how I lived my life. I just wasn't very open to experiencing pleasure in many ways. And so that showed up really in every aspect of my life. So this wasn't just in, oh, we'll just go spend more money. That's the solution. That's how you'll experience pleasure. That's definitely not how it works. But this was, I would say, something that was pervasive throughout my life. And you may be in this boat too. Maybe it's pretty obvious to you hearing this. You're like, yeah, when I really think about it, I can see a lot of different ways where I'm not very open to receiving pleasure. And that might look like you just automatically assume that it's not for you. It's not possible for you. Uh, you don't ask for what you need from other people to experience pleasure or ease. Maybe you don't give those things to yourself. You just assume things aren't possible for you. That was definitely part of how I moved through the world. And so when I began to break that down, when I started to envision a possibility in which some of these things could be for me, really everything changed. And it wasn't an overnight thing. And I'm still not done. I don't think I ever will be done. But what I began to see is once I started assuming that things could be for me, the pleasure, the money, clients, like the business I wanted, 
once I assumed that I could actually have the things that I wanted rather than assuming that I couldn't, my behaviors began to change as well. So I started to allow myself to experience pleasure in my life. This might have looked at different times, like shifting my working hours and my practice. Like I typically had pretty good boundaries around that. I never worked very late or started too, too early on a regular basis, but there were occasional outliers. And so at a certain point, I was like, you know what, I'm done with that. I'm really going to cap my day. I'm not going to start any earlier than a particular time. I started spending money on things that felt so scary to me at the time. Like I started going to ceramics classes. Um, I started going to like dance classes and dance events and things like that. So It felt like a stretch to me. And I remember before it, I was just like kind of paralyzed. I was thinking, how am I ever going to be able to do this? But it was really in those small steps that grew over time that I started to open up to this new way of living my life. And funnily enough, my businesses have earned more money. They have grown more quickly. And I don't think it would have stayed that way if I had continued to stay in this sort of constricted position and approach to life. I'm also thinking of a particular client that I've worked with. So this is like one of my business coaching clients, a therapist in private practice. By far, this is the person I've worked with who is the least abashed about experiencing pleasure in their life. They love to travel. They love to go all over the world. They love to take tons of time off work. They don't have a problem with charging fees that fund their life. They're pretty unapologetic about it. And what I found in helping this person grow their practice is it actually grew incredibly quickly. Like within months, they were tripling their revenue. And so I'm not saying like, oh, just go on tons and tons of vacations, book a trip to another country and you'll automatically start earning more money. I'm not saying that. But at the same time, I'm like questioning myself now, even though that isn't like an obvious straight path, it's not like there's some guarantee that if you go on vacation, you'll earn more money. I do think in many ways, when we do give ourselves the things that we need, when we resource ourselves first, we do oftentimes find the resources, the inner resources we need to create the kind of businesses we want. When we're always just trying to create from a place of lack, you don't have enough, you're exhausted, you're burnt out, you feel like you can't ever get what you want. It's really hard to generate from that place. But if you're already giving yourself what you want, then it's like, of course, your business is going to grow from that place. I'm thinking about this dynamic of kind of having this attitude of, well, I'll give to myself once my business proves to me that it's really a great business. Until then, I don't get anything I want. I can imagine on a spiritual level, it's sort of like if your business gives you more, you're just going to keep on working more. And so if you can show to your business right now that you can take even small steps to take care of yourself, to incorporate pleasure into your daily life, then it's going to be like, okay, you can handle a bit more. But if you're just like at your wits end, like cannot even find the littlest bit of time to connect with pleasure, then I could see how it could be hard for your business to grow in that environment. So again, I know that we all have very different life circumstances. And so if your way of connecting with pleasure right now is very simple, uh, quote unquote, small, I want you to know that that is a great place to start. You don't have to make some grand, expensive gesture. It can be as simple as taking a breath in between sessions and reminding yourself that That is part of your pleasure practice and your resourcing practice. It gets to be as small 
or as big as you need and want it to be right now. But I just really want you to begin these practices. And I'm going to take you through a few different options from things that, again, are very like accessible. You can do them with little or no money all the way to things that are going to be more extravagant. And so we're going to run the gamut here so that you can find a practice that's actually going to work for you. So first of all, one way of understanding pleasure, what pleasure is, is just connecting with our senses and finding a fundamental okayness. So in order to connect with our senses, we typically have to establish a baseline of safety. That's really important to pleasure. And so what I mean by that is checking in to see, am I okay right now? And I don't mean, is everything in your life solved? Do you have all of the resources you would ever need? Are you completely problem-free? That's not what I'm talking about because life is quite complicated. So that's not what I mean by fundamental okayness. I mean like right now, are you safe? Are you okay? Are you out of harm's way, physical danger? And again, there is a scale to this. So I would ask you to find some way to contact a sense of fundamental okayness. This is something that Rick Hansen, I think, also talks about. Like, we're just looking for that baseline of like, am I not dying right now? And most of the time, that's true. Most of the time, it's like, yeah, there are things about my circumstance that I would like to change that I don't like. But like, in this moment, am I like, okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. And just recognizing that can be incredibly helpful for soothing your nervous system for you to say like, you know what, I know I have some issues to deal with. I know I need to solve some problems. But for this moment right now, I'm going to let that go. I'm not going to go there. And I'm just going to rest in a fundamental sense of basic okayness. So just that one step can be so helpful in regulating and nourishing your nervous system. Then the next step would be to connect with one of your senses. Now, this is something that you can do according to your own past experiences. So for some people, closing their eyes and like feeling into their bodies is going to be incredibly activating. And if that's true for you, then don't do that, right? Or at least don't start there. You can hold something in your hands and feel the texture. You can smell something. You can use self-touch on your body. You can pay attention to sound. Basically, these are all mindfulness approaches. And I used to do this exercise with clients in the past where I would have them look in my office and I would kind of jokingly tell them to find the most boring object that they could locate. And I started doing this many, many years ago when I worked in a methadone clinic. And so oftentimes people would grab like manila folders or like a paper clip or something like that. And they'd be like, yeah, like there's not really anything interesting about this object. But then I would have them focus on the object and kind of experience it with all of their senses. Feel it, smell it, listen to it, like tap it on the table, flick it with your finger, rub it between your fingers and notice the sounds it makes. And what was really cool is after several minutes of someone just putting their full attention on this object and how they were experiencing it through their body, through direct sensation, is oftentimes there would be this deep, rest and peace that would happen. And this kind of childlike playfulness would often emerge. There would be a sense of like curiosity and joy even. And there's something about 
us just getting out of the thinking mind and into direct sensation, direct contact with the body that is incredibly nourishing, healing, and soothing. So again, do this at your own ability. Notice if you go into a place that is more activating and move away from that. So I'm going to trust you to like, you know, moderate these tools to your own ability. But that is a great way to start with pleasure that costs you absolutely nothing. So start with assessing your safety. Am I fundamentally okay right now? Okay enough. Now let me connect with my senses. The next question you could ask yourself is what would delight me right now? Or what would delight me today? So again, this might be something really simple. I'm a person who likes to have lots of drinks. I think I've said this on the podcast before. There is a type of tea that is blue. And when you put some sort of citrus or acid in it, it turns purple. And I love that. It really doesn't taste like much. And if you're wondering what it is and you're like, oh, that sounds fun. It's called butterfly PT. Uh, And I don't know if it comes from Thailand, but that's where I first encountered it. I know you can get it in some parts of the States too. So I don't know if it's comes from there or is grown here too. But anyway, it's lots of fun. It doesn't have a strong flavor at all, but it makes me really, really happy to have a blue drink that turns purple if I put lime in it. And so that doesn't cost me a lot of money. It takes a little bit of time and it makes me really, really happy. And it's so easy to just kind of gloss over something like that and not allow myself to be nourished by it. But if I take just a little bit of extra time to kind of pay attention to what's happening, I get to experience the benefit of that. There's a quote by some (laughs) Buddhist uh, monk, I can't remember who, and I've tried to look it up before the podcast to find out who it was, and I just could not place it. So if you do know who this is, please contact me and let me know because I would like to figure it out. Uh, But it's something along the lines of, if you don't know you're happy, you're not happy. If you are not aware in this moment that you are happy, then you're not actually having the experience of being happy right now. And I think that's true about, well, basically any experience. If you don't know that you're fundamentally safe right now, if you're not kind of like checking in with that, then you may not even realize that you're actually safe right now. If you don't know that you are surrounded by beauty, then you're not getting to have the experience of being wowed by beauty. So a really simple thing to do is to check in to see like, how am I safe right now? How am I surrounded by beauty? Am I happy? And sometimes you tune in and you're like, actually, no, not feeling too happy right now. Life kind of sucks. Other times you tune in and you're like, oh my God, I am. I'm totally, oh wow, I'm happy. Huh. I didn't realize I was happy. Oh boy, that's so nice. And then the the happiness and the joy gets amplified. I know this is all so simple. I mean, you're a therapist listening to this now. You know this, but We all forget sometimes, and sometimes even though we're so good at leading other people through this, it's the hardest thing in the world to apply it to ourselves. So listen, I know you know a lot of this, and I appreciate you being willing to listen. Hopefully this is feeling like a nice reminder to you. So like I said, one question to ask yourself is, what would delight me today? Another question to ask yourself is, how do I want to feel today? If you can ask yourself these two questions each day and find an opportunity each day to intentionally cultivate pleasure, you will see such a huge impact in your life. Now, these are really simple things you can do, but of course, like I said, they're some more uh, extravagant or just like organized, involved things you can do. 
One thing you can do is to have a celebration dinner. I love these. Invite your friends and loved ones to celebrate with you, to acknowledge the progress you've made. And not only that, but tell them that there will be a certain point during that meal where they are all expected to compliment you and say all the nice things that they might typically say about you to other people when they're just like, oh, she's the best. He's the best. They're the best. But have them actually say all of those things to your face and then sit there and let it come in. Take it in. It can be kind of hard to do this. It can feel kind of like fizzy and bubbly and intense. But the more you expose yourself to receiving this pleasure, receiving this love, the more open you will get. Another great thing to do if you're like, oh gosh, I I like that. I like that, but I can't. I don't know if I'm the one to do that yet. I don't know if I can organize that for myself yet. Another great way to sort of infuse yourself in your life with pleasure to kind of go above and beyond to the point of maybe even oversaturation. A great way to do that is with an extended period of time in which you're just saturated with receiving. Uh, This reminds me actually of my positive psychology class that I took in undergrad where, oh my gosh, I don't even know if there's enough time to go into all of this. Half the class was assigned to do 10 random acts of kindness in one day, and the other class was assigned to do 10 random acts of kindness, but they had the entire week to do it. I was in the group who had to do them all in one day. And what we found just through our own like subjective experiences when we were talking in our next class was the people who did it all in one day had a more profound experience. We had a more salient experience than the people who had it all spread out throughout a week. So of course, doing these daily practices is really, really helpful for you. And having a sort of intensive period of time where this is more or less your entire focus can be incredibly Uh, sort of like level changing, like it can sort of jump you up to a different level of being able to experience and receive pleasure. And so this is what I do with my clients on CEO days. And if you don't know what that is, because why would you? Uh, It's a private day of business coaching with me where you receive several sessions of business coaching, plus a lot of perks like a spa treatment, a delicious lunch and gifts. And my whole intention with my clients during those days is not just to give you a lot of really great business coaching and help you get some nitty gritty tangible results, but also to give you a really beautiful experience of being nourished, being nurtured, feeling a sense of luxury, and just basically being loved up. I firmly believe that this sort of intensive experience is such a groundbreaking move in your business. I've seen people after experiencing this just take massive leaps in their business. And whether you want to do this with me or you're just inspired by the idea and you want to lead yourself through it, I think that would be a fantastic idea. So start where you're at with this. Go at your own pace and trust yourself here. Look for any and all ways to begin to incorporate pleasure, big or small, And thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this episode has helped you see that pleasure is actually a really important part of a balanced business and will make your goals so much easier to achieve. Plus, you'll have more fun along the way. And that's just so important. Please go to my website to learn more about my day-long coaching intensives, CEO days, if you're interested in that service. And come say hi and follow me on Instagram at The Bad Therapist. I'll see you next week. That's all today for The Bad Therapist Show. Thanks so much for hanging with me. 
I hope you got some gems that you can start using right away in your own business so that you can break out of good therapist conditioning and build the business that you want. If you've gotten something out of this episode, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with one of your good therapist friends who really needs to hear it. And while you're at it, please consider leaving a rating and or review so that we can change not just our individual businesses, but transform the mental health system that got us here in the first place. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week for more private practice and coaching tips. Remember, bad therapists make the best therapists.